Before we get into today's episode, let me tell you about patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There, you can listen to episodes two days earlier, as well as get exclusive shows such as So Tell Me, an introspective podcast by my crazy life, hosted by Chalfie, the D&D podcast, an entertainment podcast with Delvin Jr. talking about all things pop culture, On Shuffle, a music podcast hosted by Mike Fowler, and much, much more. So go to patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. That's patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. I want to give a special shout out to Patreon producer Mikey Famine, host of the Ben Podcast and Dig on America. Thank you. the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I am on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I am your host, Delvin Cox, and with me on the podcast this week is my friend, my brother, the yard sale artist himself. Jared, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Delvin, man. Thank you for having me back to the palatial Delvin Cox Experience Studios. I was just in the green room. I was, you have some delicious snacks in there. It's well stocked. Um, you you run a you run a really classy ship here, man. Yes, thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love your job shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'm rocking a little old school today. It's dope. <laughs> As always, we like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five minutes to get the ball rolling. Jared, are you ready? All right, let's do it. Question number one. Which toy would you rather have had as a kid or now? We're big kids right now. The USS Flag or Metroplex? Uh, flag. I'm a Joe kid. At, uh, at my very core, I'm a Joe kid. So, yeah, got to go Flag. Okay. I like that. I like that. Flag's a big toy. It is. Like, you got to have space for that. Thing. <laughs> like, you have to have like a whole other house for that. Like, what? I, I keep it down at the marina. Like, <laughs> Well, who the fuck was buying that for their kids? Like, who Nobody. Was giant, ridiculous toy for their kids. It's huge. It's ridiculous. Out of control. Oh. All right. Question number two. Hanna-Barbera or Disney? Hanna-Barbera. All day. I mean, you get, you get like, there's so much snagglepuss, I believe, Santa Barbara. Wacky races. Get, yeah, you get like Blue Falcon, I think. Yeah, Blue Falcon. Santa Barbara. Like, I, I got nothing against Disney. Disney's like, Disney's great for going to a movie and sitting down with some popcorn, but man, when you get home from school, you want that Santa Barbara fix. You Boogie know? Bear. Hey, hey, boo boo. 
That's right. You you just want that, you know. I think it was Captain Caveman, I think was him. Yes, he was. He definitely was. Just like all these oddballs, if that's what you want when you get home from school. Like you know, for a movie going experience, you might want to go watch, you know, Aladdin or or whatnot. But but man, when you want to get home after school, you want that Hanna Barbera. So that's what I'm going with. I like it. I like it a lot. Question number three, Jared. What's your favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger film? True Lies. That is a good True choice. Lies is my favorite. Yeah. I mean, you have iconic Terminator films. You know, he's a man, Total Recall, Predator Commando. The man has a library that is unstoppable. But I'm a big James Bond fan, and True Lies is very has a bond feel to it and yes, it's it very funny it's like it's so entertaining like the action's good the humor's good it's well shot uh, uh who knew jamie lee curtis could be that hot you know so yeah, that was <laughs> impressive <laughs> yeah i mean we knew she was pretty but that was like okay oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was something all right question number four one of my favorite movies people don't know is The Expendables. So, Jared, hmm. you got to create your own Expendables team, not using anybody who was in the previous Expendable films. Oh, my goodness. Who are you bringing in there? Who is left? <laughs> oh, some people left. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who's left? Oh, man. Okay. okay. Let's give you five so, people to make. You okay. Got five so, let's see. Um... They never used Steven Seagal because he, he like he had a falling out with one of the producers. And he hates Van Damme. Yeah, they, so so <laughs> I probably would bring in Steven Seagal. Okay. You know, now that I'm down this road, I kind of want to do just like an entire B movie run. So let's say Steven Seagal. Okay. Uh, Don the Dragon Wilson. Okay. Now, now you're cooking. <laughs> you, you see where I'm going down the sort of the B movie yeah. action? Uh, Rutger Hauer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, that's three. Who else is, comes from that sort of B movie? And I love all these. When I say B movie, guys, this is I come from a place of love here. Okay. A big time play, place of love. Um, oh, uh, uh, Cynthia Rothrock. Okay. It's <laughs> four. It's four. Uh, who else fits in this mold nicely? You know what? Let's bring in um, uh, Jason Patrick. Okay. Jason That's Patrick. a solid choice. Like, this is my B movie. Uh, this is Expendables on a budget, but I totally Dude, watch it. This is like the Tubi version of Expendables. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> the, yes. The Respendables. <laughs> <laughs> the Expense Reportables, I guess. Uh, but yeah, this, this, um, again, I want to be very clear to any listeners out there do not be offended because these, these are movies I love and these are, these yeah. are people I adore. So, yes, people, I'm on. People got to understand 80s action stars are. Are, are awesome like there was an era when you when you search for these movies so like, <laughs> like the michael dudikoff american ninja ah, how did i not get michael dudikoff <laughs> or or steve james his longtime partner they did a lot of yes. movies together yes like oh, you search I, for I, those movies you search for the jim Cotters. yes <laughs> yeah no retreat no surrenders yes yes why did i not put in dudikoff and steve james i failed so badly <laughs> 
Oh, that was like my favorite duo. Like when I watched Dudikoff and Steve, uh, this is a whole other podcast. When I watched them and the American Ninja movies together, I just sit there and I stare at it and I go, why is there not an 80s G.I. Joe movie where Dudikoff plays Snake Eyes and Steve James plays Stalker? Like, wh- why is this not a thing? <laughs> you know, in the 80s, that would have worked. Yep. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> why is Michael Dudikoff playing this Asian man? This Asian ninja? <laughs> But remember in the 80s, he wasn't. Yeah, he was just the, the American ninja. That was the whole was, thing. That's exactly who he was. Oh, that was so great. Yeah. What a time. What a good time. <laughs> Question number five. Okay. Staying into the, let's stay into the funny area with this. Okay. Okay. Fast and Furious is a popular franchise. Okay. I'm nervous because I've never seen one. Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, if you can make your own version of Fast and Furious, right? Okay. With something, well, one, you can't use cars. Okay. But you gotta pick, you can pick, let's pick five actors. But you can't use cars, and you can't pick anybody in the Fast and Furious universe. Okay, five actors. So, I, I probably need to pick a vehicle. A vehicle, of course. A vehicle of some kind. So, it's gotta be like a Fast and Furious movie, but with okay. no cars. Okay. What are they driving? What are they going to drive? Let's go uh, monster trucks. I want you to think Bigfoot of the 80s. Okay. The big, big monster big, truck. Big Does that count as a seen. car? Is that too much like a car? It's a truck. It's a monster truck. It's not a car, technically. Okay. All right. So we'll go with monster trucks. And who do I want to see driving in the monster trucks? Let's get um, – uh, let's see. I assume everybody has to be still alive. So I guess. Oh, <laughs> some, some actors – Technically speaking, somebody's in Fast Fruit that's not still alive. <laughs> so, 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 you, you don't have to use my I'll alive. try to keep it I'll try to keep it the living actors. All right. I want I, you know, I, I want um honestly I hope he's still with us. Because I wanna I want monster <laughs> trucks, but I wanna I wanna take monster trucks, but I, what I want the hook of the movie to be is classy actors. Okay. So I and want like trucks. Michael Kane, Timothy Kane. Dalton. Okay. Um Hopefully they're still alive. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> Hopefully they'll be alive when this episode releases. So <laughs> I won't sound ridiculous. Right. Where things are going? <laughs> oh, I can't. I need more like classy actors. Oh, oh, um, um, uh, it'll come to me. The, the, the Willem Dafoe. Okay. I want Kane, Dalton, Dafoe, um, um, Christopher Walken. Okay. And the fifth one, I had it, I had it, it fell out of my head. It was the fifth one. Oh, um, the the I can see his face. I did a scene. With, <laughs> he did a scene with Christopher Walken in True Romance. He was the bad guy in Speed. Dennis Hopper. Okay, that's a great, that's a great five. So like, they're like all older statesmen of cinema and doing just, ridiculous stuff in monster trucks. I would watch that. That's that a wild movie. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I want another actor. All right, if we're gonna use classy actors who are of older too, let's get Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Did you just see Morgan Freeman just drive around, uh, you know, with this giant truck? Yes, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we might have to. We might. Dennis Hopper might have to get recast more. Morgan Freeman. That works for me. Yes. So, Jerry, <laughs> let, let me ask you this question: You got a Kickstarter started now? I do. Now, when I saw this Kickstarter, I was like, 
Jared put on my leg. Is he trying to sell me the same book he sold me years ago? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I can explain myself. Explain yourself because the first time you came on, Mm-hmm. We talked about this book. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I'm, it's hoping, very, I'm hoping your audience turnover is. <laughs> <laughs> it's very ironic that you're back on and we're yes. talking about the same. I said, I got to talk to Jerry about this book again. Yes. Okay. I'll explain myself. All right. So the book on Kickstarter is called Hamilton versus Burrow Werewolf Tale. And yes, my friend, I did write this book, I guess, about five years ago. And, um, Five years ago, I ordered, I can't remember if it was 500 or 1,000 copies of, somewhere in there, one of those two. And I took it around to conventions, and it ended up being really popular, mainly because nobody believes me when I tell them this. But when I wrote it, I had no idea the Hamilton, like, Broadway thing was a thing. I remember. So I wrote I wrote Hamilton versus Burr about five years ago, because really all I wanted was public domain characters, right? Pe- names that people might recognize, and, but put a werewolf twist on it. So I said, you know what, let's do the Hamilton Burr, because one guy shot each other, so I could make that a silver bullet, and hope I'm not giving away too much of my story. Here, but, <laughs> so five years ago, I wrote that. My buddy Nate drew it. Uh, I had it printed. I think it was 500 copies. I'd been taking it to cons, and about a year ago, I sold out. So first of all, thank you to everybody who 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 bought and supported Hamilton versus Burr. I, I sold out of it. <laughs> I love it. So I was like, well, I want to bring it back. So I went to the print shop that I that I use here in town. They printed it. I use a mom and pop local print shop. And I said, okay, yeah, I want to do another run. And let me tell you a little secret, my friend. Uh, paper prices have almost doubled in the last wow. five years. Like almost doubled. So I'm like, oh, geez, last time I funded it completely myself because that was five years ago and Kickstarter was a thing, but it wasn't like a big thing. Like right. it was kicks. This was sort of Kickstarter was kind of really starting to get rolling back then. But I just funded it myself, you know, because I'm fancy like that. Uh, <laughs> but this time when I saw the bill, I was like, man, I was like, that is crazy expensive because I sell them at my cons at, at about five bucks a book. And I'm like, I literally can't make profit now. And I'm like, well, maybe I should try the Kickstarter thing. So that's why I have a Kickstarter. So is it the same book as it was five years ago? Yes, but, but I figured, I was like, well, there's going to be loyal friends and supporters are going to come and they're going to look at this and they probably got it. So I got to do something. So I got with my buddy, my, my, the guy I'm making all my comics with now out of um, Bermuda and his name is Mark Hatherley. He's an amazing penciler. Um, Just whatever you're doing right now, pick up your device, go to Twitter and search for Mark Hatherley. I think he's at Hatherley 75, but you have to take all the vowels out of Hatherley. So it's like H-T-H-L-R-Y 75. Just take the vowels out. I might not have done that right, but it's Hatherley, he's at Hatherley 75 on Twitter. Please check him out. He's a super talented guy. And I always joke with him. I always say, I'm just, I want to get you, I want the world to find your talent so much so that you're going to leave me behind and never speak to me again. Uh, so, <laughs> so I brought in Mark and we redid a new cover for it. Now we still have the people like the classic playbill looking cover, the one that looked kind of similar to the Hamilton poster. Yes. Sir. Um, but this new one is really dynamic. It's, it's Mark's style. It's, oh, it's incredible. He drew it. I inked it. Ace Wheelie colored it. And it's just really cool. So so if you've backed me in the past, thank you. And yes, the content inside is going to be the same book. 
but we want to add a little something. So we all we're offering that alternate cover, and then we we're still offering the classic. That's another tier you can get, and there's another tier where we offer a rare one in five. We did a short run of black and white art only, like the inks, okay. me, my inks over Mark's pencils only. Um, so we made that. We said, you know, people like rarity, so we're going to make that a, 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 like I said, one in five. So that's what we're offering, amongst other things. Other tiers have cool stuff like uh, original art sketch cards by the penciler, which was Nate Niles. Uh, did the interiors on that book. Gosh, Nate drew that book when he was like 19 years old, man. Um, wow. And he did a good job. Um, so we have, we are offering original sketch cards by him, um, original pages from the original book. Um, you can actually own a page that was turned into the book, uh, by Nate. And we were offering the original, uh, inked cover art. Cause I had that, uh, but that one got purchased already this week. That was a one of one tier. So thank you to the person who purchased that. Um, so anyways, that's the long story short is, yep. We talked about it five years ago. I'm bringing it back for a second printing because, I'm just so blessed and thankful that people enjoyed the book so much that I sold out. Um, and I never would have really done a Kickstarter if, if paper prices hadn't doubled. So really, uh, I'll give you I'll give you the deep scoop, Delvin. Okay. Because this is the Delvin Cox experience. The deep scoop is this. <laughs> I currently have the Kickstarter set at $2,500. So if we make $2,500, we make it. All right. I, I'll straight up tell you and your audience right now, the printing cost for this thousand run was right around $4,500. Oh. So I'm not, I'm not even asking for all that. I'm just asking for enough to defer some of it so that when I do sell them at conventions, there's a bit of a profit margin for me. Gotcha. It, 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 at the end of the day, I really want this book to be available. I see people selling books like this for $10, $15 and at cons, and I'm just like, ah, man, I, I, want it, I want people to get in at that $5 price, and I can only do that if people help me on the Kickstarter. So that's why... Yep, the Kickstarter is a little bit pricier, uh, but I'm trying to give you cool things like the extra covers, the autographs, the uh, the the sketch cards, the original art pages. I'm trying to ratchet it up a notch for those people who are really supporting me. So well, that's the true story. I got to tell you, and I got to tell people because fortunately for you, we have more listeners on this show now who haven't who are probably haven't heard the episode. Okay, so this is a brand new comic book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I got to tell you that this is a fantastic book. I, if I remember correctly, it's one of the first books I come with, like, in the comic book I supported. Thank you. And then I remember people asking me, hey, where can I get this book from? Mm-hmm. So I would send them to you. Thank and you. And I, I like that <laughs> you're doing it again so more people can find this book and love it and enjoy it much as I did. I think that is a, a work of love. It's a great story. Thank you. And when it came out, when it came out, it came out at a good time. It did. Because <laughs> apparently <laughs> Hamilton versus Burr became a thing again. <laughs> it <laughs> did. I was very lucky. <laughs> now, now I have to ask you this because of that. Do you have some type of Winnie the Pooh blood in the he working out? <laughs> So, so Winnie the Pooh story? Not, yeah, yeah, no, everybody and their brother was jumping on that Winnie the Pooh, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, but I'm happy to tell you about the project that I have going on in the background, uh, the next ah. book. I, I'm more than happy to give you the, more of the inside scoop here at the Delvin Cox Experience. Uh, but again, I do want to give you a sincere thank. Thank you for supporting it originally. Thank you for saying nice things about the story. Um, right. And thank you to everybody who bought it. Uh, again, we sold out. And for a little nobody like me, Dude, that's huge. So thank you for that. 
the upcoming book. Um, it's called Shipwrecker. Oh. Shipwrecker. And uh, uh, the funny story behind this one is I had two ideas <clears throat> and I had two scripts that were that were already written. So spo- now you're going to find out what the next one after Shipwrecker is going to be. So we're okay. talking like two, three years down the line. I had a script written for a book called Francisco Stein, okay. which is if you're familiar with Frankenstein, the novel, he gets left at the end of the novel. He's like left in the North Pole. And you never really know what happens to Frankenstein's monster. So I tell the sequel to that, where he ends oh. up going to Mexico and becoming a gunslinger. <laughs> so it's that Frankenstein is cool. a gunslinger in Mexico, because I write weird stuff like this. So I wrote that. That's written. It's done. And then I wrote Shipwrecker. If you know anything about me, and Delvin Cox does, knows I love James Bond almost more than anything. That's You'll cool. notice I cast Timothy Dalton in my truck movie. Yeah. <laughs> also, you do a podcast. Yes, I do a James Bond podcast. Yeah, just saying. So Shipwrecker is the story of a very James Bond-like character. Obviously, I can't use James Bond, so his name is Alan Porter. He's very James Bondish. <laughs> that way. <laughs> and he goes on a mission into the Bermuda Triangle to stop an arms dealer who has like a floating uh, barge that he keeps his, his arms on, and that's where he operates out of, so it makes him harder to track, right? He, he's floating. He's out in the in the Bermuda Triangle. Well, it's the Bermuda Triangle, so weird things happen, and a big uh, manifestation of a giant uh, pirate ship full of pirate zombies shows up to overtake in the middle of this actual like militaristic story. All of a sudden, zombies show up, because frankly, I wanted to write James Bond versus zombies. That is a great idea. <laughs> and uh, I had both these scripts written, and, and me and Mark Hatherly became friends, and, I, and again, he's an amazing penciler. I ink his work. And I said, Mark, uh, here's my next project. Do you want to you um, draw these books? And he said, hey, yes, I want to draw them both. I said, okay, which one do you want to do first? And he lives in Bermuda. So he was like, give me the Bermuda Triangle <laughs> story. <laughs> I said, great. So I sent it to Mark and he's done with the pencils. I'm, I was working on another project with Van Plexico doing ink. So I wanted his comics. So I wanted to ink Mark, but I didn't have time. So Mark's been inking himself and he's about 75% done inking all of his pages. Okay. Uh, I have a colorist uh, named Sinandria who lives in like Minnesota, and she's about halfway done coloring it. My my letterer, um, he lives in England, and and he's about <laughs> we're all over the place. Um, so yeah, uh, that project is right now about oh geez, I'd say fifty percent done. I'll look for it in the next year or so. Because again, uh, Mark and I are both guys in our late forties, and we're not trying to get work at Marvel or DC, so we're making comics you know, on our own schedule. <laughs> let, let me, let me ask you this. How do you find all these talented people to work with? Like a- Social media. It's social media for that the is, most part. Um, that is amazing. I, I, I saw Mark um, doing some amazing pencil work. And originally I reached out to him because again, he lives in Bermuda. So I, I reached out to him and I saw this amazing pencil work and I said, I'd like to buy some of your pencil work pieces. I said, but I want to be very, clear and transparent with you so i want to buy them because i want to ink them because that's aside from writing i'm also an inker um and i said i want to ink your pieces i want to buy your pieces because i want to be able to sit at the conventions where i'm at and have something to do i want to ink your pieces and i said i'll probably then sell them and make a little profit i said i'll be very transparent that's what i'm gonna, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do and he said cool so he gave me a bundle deal and i bought like a dozen of his pieces and that's what i was doing and then and then we just kind of became closer friends and through just chatting on Twitter. 
I've never met the man in real life. Unfortunately, one day I'm going to Bermuda. I'm going to meet him. And um, like I said, next thing you know, I said, hey, I got these two scripts. You know, do you want to do a book? He was like, hell yeah. And I mean, he's just, he is so talented. He, he's, he's the father of like, uh, it feels like a half a dozen kids. It might be only like three or, three or four, <laughs> but he, he's got, a, he's got a bunch of kids, got an awesome wife who supports him. He's got a full-time job uh, in Bermuda and he's just a wonderful guy. And we just click because we're the same age and we love the same things growing up. And, you know, I, it's so appropriate for your show, I think, because you're always talking about uni unifying people. You know, I'm just, I'm just some white dude from Indiana originally. And, 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 you know, Mark is a black guy who lives in Bermuda and we just click and it just feels right. Right. And I just, I love Mark and we only get to hang out virtually, which makes me sad, but one day we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to meet. And I just, I feel like we just make really cool, uh, really cool products together. So I, I can't say enough about Mark. Um, please again, check out Mark Hatherly. He's on Instagram. He's on Twitter. Uh, he's worth a look. It, it, throw him some commission work, uh, please. If you're listening to this, yeah. probably need to have him on this podcast. Then. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I act, all right. Secretly, I actually told him. I texted. <laughs> I texted him this morning and I said, "I'm going to be on a podcast tonight." I, and I said, "I could ask Delvin if uh, you can join, because I'd really love people to be able to hear you and and let you tell your own story." Unfortunately, he had to work tonight. <laughs> we'll have but him I. On. I would love to I love to get to boost his signal. He is just the nicest guy and he's so dang talented. So I yeah, I'm super blessed to have and, found him. And, and the thing about it is Jared Sanders, someone who's talented, is cool because Jared is super talented. I don't know about people, that, but <laughs> follow Jared, the Yard Sale artist on Twitter and look at some of the cool things he makes. And I've bought many art pieces from him and given them to people. You have. And I thank you. Because they are amazing and I love them. Uh, you. They're, they're, you can hang them up in your house and stuff like that. He has a lot of cool things, a lot of diverse things that you would love. So I highly recommend checking out the yard sale artists and stuff. Also, look, just go on the Twitter, look at the stuff he finds at yard sales. Really <laughs> I do stuff. yard sale stuff. Yeah, I find crazy things. Uh, my big shtick, as as he's talking about, is I do a lot of things called book page catches. So I'll be at a yard sale and I'll find a, a, the novel, the novelization of what I, I found the novelization of the Ghost Rider movie. I didn't even know that existed, like the Nick Cage Ghost Rider movie. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing either, but I found it and I was like, cool. So I'll cut a page out of it and I'll draw the Ghost Rider right on directly on the page and and I'll make a print of it. I'll also sell the original. And And you mentioned how diverse the art is. It's diverse because I get a lot of almost everything I draw is a commission. Like people reach out to me and say, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? You recently picked up as a gift, the, uh, De La Soul trilogy. Yes. And my friend and, um, absolutely loved it. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Uh, that was a commission for uh, a guy I've never met. Uh, I know him on Twitter. He loved De La Soul. He, so what's fun if you do the commission is, well, first of all, music commissions are fun because I can go online and find the sheet music, print it out on some nice card stock and draw right on it, get a quality product. So what's fun about it, if you're the guy who commissions me, is you get to pick the song that the person gets drawn on. And so it's really kind of personal to you. And then, But I still scan them in and I sell little print sets because, you know, other people would be interested in that, like you and, and your friend. So I get a wide variety. People come up to my table at cons and they're like, 
okay, you have Columbo, the TV character. You have the De La Soul rap trilogy. <laughs> you, you've got Carrie and Christine from Stephen King. I'm like, it's whatever people ask for. It's pretty cool, though. It's pretty cool that it's so diverse because, you know, when we just speak about a con, if you go to a con, usually people have things like Wolverine or Spider-Man mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Go to your table, you have a <laughs> wide variety. You have Christine, you have yeah, De La Soul, you have... <laughs> Garbage pail kids. You have everything that you can think of. And I think that's really cool that you have that much diversity. I, I appreciate it, but it, it really comes from the people who supported me. And, and thank you, everybody. Because, yes, I'm doing the Kickstarter thing. I do indie comics. But really the core of, of what I make for a living is these book page sketches. So, again, thank you for, for pumping that on your social media like you have on your show. Um yes. that's where the magic comes from and i get that comment a lot dude when i go to cons people come to my table and go nobody else is doing stuff like this i'm like it's it's just what people ask me to draw you know what it reminds (laughs) me of you ever go to like these like they have like restaurants or places where they have like the sketches of like artists and things like that like of um, celebrities it's almost like like going into one of those places seeing these cool sketches of celebrities you're like ah there's jerry seinfeld that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah Jerry Seinfeld hanging up next to LL Cool J hanging yes. up next. <laughs> you know, you're just like, okay. There's a whole bunch of random stuff, but it's so cool and it works and it fits. Oh, and I think you. it's really cool that you're almost a jack of all trades with that. And then you add on the fact that, oh, I'm also a comic book creator. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell anybody who will listen the difference between me and Mark as artists is like, I call myself a chameleon artist. If you look at anything I draw, it's always photo reference. You know, I look on the internet, I find I find reference pictures and I make that happen. Mark's the kind of artist who draws, he's like Jack Kirby, just out of his head. Out of his head, yeah. He's okay. out of his head. And that's why I, I have to kill him and he has to die. Because <laughs> that's, that's a crazy talent. I'm so jealous of. It's he's so good at that. And so yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a decent chameleon artist, but that cat is on another level. And uh, that's that's just why I like having him I like having him do it. Oh, I I've got a great I, I gotta tell you a story. I gotta tell you a story. You can edit this out of your show if you want. I don't care. Absolutely not. <laughs> so on Shipwrecker, on Shipwrecker, I've got my Alan Porter, not James Bond character, right? Uh-huh. And while he's on that ship, there's also a small U.S. Special Forces group also trying to take down uh, the bad guy on the ship. So they meet, combine forces, fight zombies, right? The leader of the U.S. Special Forces group, I named him Lieutenant Williams after our mutual friend, Delvin Williams, the yes. other Delvin. Love Delvin. And so I wrote the whole story. Lieutenant Williams says this, Lieutenant Williams says that, blah, 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 blah. And I sent it to Mark and Mark's just drawing. He's just drawing, he's just drawing. And I'm looking at these pages. I'm like, cool. Cause I really don't have to look that hard at Mark's pages. Cause he's always doing awesome things. So I just glance at him. Cool, cool, cool. He gets about 75% done with the book. And I really start paying attention to the art at this point. <laughs> and I'm looking at Lieutenant Williams and he's white. <laughs> And I went, oh, wait a second. So I contacted Mark. And I was like, Mark, this is not your fault. This is my fault as the writer. I didn't give you a character description. I said, in my head, it's Delvin Williams. And, and Mark knows Delvin. And I said, so I just assumed you draw him as black. And <laughs> Mark was like, oh, wow. Never thought. <laughs> and uh, I said, I said, I don't want you to have to redraw. He's 75% of the way through. I don't want you to have to redraw. I just thought it was funny. But here's the benefit of Mark inking the book on his own. As he's gone back inking it, he's changed him on oh. every page to look like our mutual friend, Delvin Williams. That is awesome. 
And so, you know, and I thought that was that was just kind of a cool moment, too, because, you know, uh, Mark, uh, you know, being a black guy is excited about adding a black character to the story. Yes. And that's the way it was supposed to be. So it just it was this kind of magical. We laughed about it. And it's just so happy coincidence that he's inking this character. And and so he has an opportunity to change it as he goes. And it's, it's just it's, it's amazing. So I had to tell you that that side story about our mutual friend, Delson, that cool. uh, Williams. That was a great guy. I'm and, not and about myself. And he, and we won't let him know that, but um, yeah. it's there's a lesson in that story too to anybody out there who wants to write comics or whatever communicate with your artist over communicate with the artist and i i don't mean that to shackle them don't sit there and tell the artist every little thing they need to do because the more freedom you give them the better product you're going to get but communicate your character designs to your artist. <laughs> yeah. more specifically don't just assume they know what you know um or else you know the, it, it was just kind of laughable like it wouldn't have ruined the book but it was just like, oh, <laughs> this is an interesting detail. But I, in the end, everybody won. So happy story. Definitely. Let, let, let me ask you this question. Right. What's your dream comic book concept to work on? Uh, James Bond. James Bond. So I, I have James a, Bond? Yeah. Like if, if Dyna, I think Dynamite currently owns a James Bond brand. If they uh, called me tomorrow. I have a, I have a story ready to go. I have a James Bond story in, in this head that I'm just like, I would love to tell that story. Um, and so, you know, maybe the shipwrecker will come out and somebody at Dynamite will read it and be like, let's give this cat a shot, you know? That would be great by me. But again, I, I'm also almost 50 and, and my buddy Mark is almost 50. And it's, a, you know, comics is a young man's game. And, and I'm not going to be heartbroken if I never do anything big, anything bigger than Hamilton versus Burr, Shipwrecker or Francisco Stein, because we're doing what we want. You know, we've been blessed to be in a position where we're older guys. We're not trying to get noticed by big comic people. We just make the stuff that we want. And I got to tell you, Delvin, there's something very fulfilling and magical about that. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you that from experience in terms of like, um, you know, I just, those who don't know, I just did episode 300 of my podcast. Congratulations. Thank you, brother. And going back, and Delvin Williams, one of the people who reached out to me and said something very sweet about it and stuff like that. But going back through my episodes and talking to people about the podcast and how much certain things meant to them and things that I did that helped inspire them means the world to me. Well. And I know for a fact that your writing and your comic books is touching that next generation. There are people who are going to come around the line and going to read Hamilton versus Burr. They're like, this is this is my this is my jam, and, and you know, this is what I I grew up on. And this is comic books that I like, so it Ooh. matters. Uh, books I appreciate matter that. I think that um is is very powerful. And then you then on top of that, you do podcasts. That's awesome. Do. It's, a, it's a it's a time capsule for the world where people look look back at it and say, you know what, Jared Albert was a pretty good guy. You know, and I think that's a really cool thing that you have out there, man. I I appreciate that. And and let me let me add more than just congratulations to three hundred episodes. Um your podcast is amazing because it's it's designed to just lift. It lifts everybody that you have on. You 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 bring everybody up to a whole other level. And and that's amazing. In a world of podcast, you know it and I know it, because we both podcasters. Yes. 
you have that thing that we like. I podcast over on the Long Box Crusade, and we love positivity. There's a world of podcasts that just loves to tear stuff down and be snarky, and that is not your brand, and I respect the hell out of you for that. Thank you, brother. I, I try to be uplifting and give people knowledge and, you know, always try to put a highlight on, on people who deserve that highlight and that spotlight. And I always look out. Anytime I see you say, hey, I'm working on a project, I say, you know what? Time to have Jared on because, you know, I think it's yeah, I, it's important I, to me to highlight that. Yeah, I put the call out on Twitter once the Kickstarter started and I said, hey, I got this book out. If anybody wants to talk, you know, indie comics or whatever, I'll be happy to do shows. I got to get the word out. And you were the first one to hit me and say, hey. And I was like, man, I should have known. I should have known that it was coming because because yeah. you are so, so supportive. You know, and that, now, my friend, I'm going to tell you another story. Oh, be my guest. I love stories. <laughs> about Hamilton versus Burr. And you talk about uh, it might have some reach that I don't know about. So I'm at Dragon Con. I'm the kind of guy that always shows up early to sit at my table. Like, I'm one of the first guys sitting at my table. As soon as that floor is open on setup day, I'm setting up because I, I, I'm a military man. I, I get in as early as possible, get my stuff done, get out. So I set it up. And then here comes some of the, the Dragon Con people that work the floor. They walk up and they go, we made a mistake on our map. It, this row is reversed. You're actually clear on the other end down there after I set up all my stuff. And oh I, was, my God. I was inside. I was like, son of a, but you know, I, I know better than to mistreat the people who run a con. Yeah. Right. Cause they're doing the best they can. And I want to come back, you know, I don't be a jerk. So I, I bottle my little upsetness. And I'm like, okay. And they were really sweet and they're really helpful. In fact, they got enough people that they were able to literally lift the whole table and bring it down, blah, blah. blah. And they set it down. And so now I'm sitting right next to this um, very famous Star Wars novelist, and I'm not going to remember his name. I apologize to you Star Wars folks out there, but he's written several Star Wars novels and he's famous. And so now my table's next to him. And, you know, he kind of sees me being a little frustrated, not frustrated with the people, but just with reset up. And he goes, he goes, ah, you know, these, these things happen. I said, well, I said, the difference is you're, you're famous. People are going to look at that map and they're going to come to you and they're going to be like, oh, sign my book. I said, I, I wrote a stupid werewolf <laughs> comic <laughs> that nobody's ever read. I said, so the map doesn't matter when it comes to me. It matters for a guy like you, but it doesn't matter for a guy like me. And so we sit down the next day, the floor opens. I'm sitting next to him. Boom. You know, 10 a.m. I think the floor opens. People come in. This dude walks right up to me and goes, are you Jared Albrecht? <laughs> <laughs> and Star Wars guy just looks at me and I go, yeah. He goes, you wrote Hamilton versus Burr, right? And I was like, son of a... <laughs> <laughs> and Star Wars guy just started dying. He said, you said this wouldn't happen. And it's the first thing that happened today. And that's the only time it's ever happened. So I looked like a complete jackass in front of Star Wars guy, but in the best way. So awesome. I like to tell that story. I, when I promised him, I was like, no one ever comes looking for me. And the first thing that happened was somebody came for me. That is awesome. Crazy. That is amazing. And I think that, that kind of just showed the power of comic books and how much it means to people, man. Comic books I are, guess so. are a powerful tool to tell stories. And you are <laughs> a part of that. I think I, what I like about today's world is the fact that people like you can have a hope and a dream and say, you know what? That comic that was in my head five years ago, yes. I want to make. Yes. And I'm going to pull the resources together to make it. And if I don't have enough of the resources, I'm going to get a Kickstarter started to get the resources. And I think that's really dope that we live in a world where that's possible. Before, mm -hmm. if you want to make a comic book and you didn't have the resources for it necessarily, we're just screwed. Just can't yeah. make it. 
yeah there's no more gatekeepers and it's the internet age like you we talked about earlier i found all my talented friends because of twitter um printing is digital printing now so you any my, a mom and pop store downtown in this tiny little alabama town where i live prints my books like anyone can do it and so, and so many people are chasing their dream and and i love it i just love it i love that i love going to cons and seeing people just young people especially just putting it out there i i did a free comic book day this year which is just a couple of weeks ago at a comic store and there was two young men out there and they were both in like their early 20s and they were making their own books and i was just like man you guys are so smart because i'm freaking almost 50 <laughs> you guys are doing it now because that's the world we live in they were both just outstanding outstanding young men and and i just love it I, I i love to see that i love people who chase their dreams and the quickest way to tick me off at a convention is for when i see people who are snobby like that they'll go up and they'll look at somebody you know some high school kid who just you know barely has the xerox copy stapled together of his comic and oh this is this is garbage this is low tier trash and i'm like screw you he got in the ring and put on the gloves. Yeah. You're just standing here mocking him. Where's your comic? What have you ever done? Get the out of here. <laughs> With that, like, you know. Don't you dare mock those young people that got out there. Cause you know how hard it is to put yourself out there to put your soul and your art and your passion in front of everybody. If you got nothing nice to say about it, don't say a damn thing. Move on. Uh, I'm sorry. I got on my platform right there. No, you're right. Yeah, bugs me right. when I see people do that, especially the young people. Oh, this guy doesn't. It looks like a kindergartner drew this. Well, where's yours? Piss off, dude. Exactly. I always want to support the creators. Yep. Because they make the world go round. We need art. We need music to keep our bodies, our spirits, and our minds right. Uh, mm. And I love that there are so many people out here who are following their dreams of being creative. One of my favorite things that's happened this, over these past few years is watching my friend Crystal Storm say, I want to make a Star Wars audio drama. Then she made a Star Wars audio drama. Then it blew up on the internet. <laughs> People like became a, became like huge fans of this audio drama to the point where she's made her own like podcast network of all doing nothing but audio dramas. And I think that's an it. amazing thing. And it's I love because it. of her driving determination. I I like seeing my friends succeed and be successful and see the fruits of the labor of their hard work. And I think that's an amazing thing. And I love seeing you go out there and do what you're doing and people loving it. I think that's, I appreciate that's great. It. And I think that this is just this is a lesson to everybody out there who are creatives, who has that one asshole who's telling them, nah, you're trash, don't do that, don't do that. No. Mm. Keep pushing and keep doing what you want to do till you get what you want to get at. You may not get to the Marvels or DCs, but you don't necessarily need them now. You can create your own path, uh -huh. your own path to victory, your own path to glory. You can make your own road uh -huh. that others will follow behind. I think that's the cool thing about what you're doing now. You're like, hey, let me make my own path. And yes, you may be close to 50 now, but that's, <laughs> that, that's not a problem. It's not. And that's the, the thing I would tell those young creatives out there, you know, who are struggling and maybe people are being mean to them on the Internet. I'm just saying, just keep grinding because one day you'll be 50 and you'll be able to look back and say, I did that. Yes. I put something out there. I produce something. I put myself out there in a public spectacle. I, you know, it's the classic uh, Theodore Roosevelt quote, which I'm not going to try to quote, but the man in the ring, you got in there, you fought, 
don't listen to those timid souls who have never tried anything. They never even stepped in the ring. Just get in there and fight. Get in there and yeah. fight. That's all you got to do. Just get in there and fight, man. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's an important lesson for everybody. And I yep. think that's, that's the best way to kind of end this episode. Like, if there's nothing else you learn from this episode, get in there and fight. Get in there and fight. And, yeah, don't listen to the haters because they didn't get in the ring. If they ain't in the ring, they don't mean a thing. That's the Jared quote. (laughs) Man, this has been a blast, brother. First and foremost, before we go, Mm. let them know where to find your Kickstarter at. All right. So, clearly, just go to Kickstarter. Probably the easiest way to do it is just under the search bar. Just put, like, Hamilton Werewolf. That's probably the easiest way to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's called Hamilton versus Burrow Werewolf Tale. And people are like, did you spell out verses? Did you use a period? I don't even know what it is. <laughs> say. And, and when it pulls up, you're going to see it. The creator, it won't say Jared Albrecht. It'll say Van Plexico because Van Plexico owns White Rocket Entertainment, which is my publisher. Okay. okay. So don't freak out if you go to Hamilton versus Burr. It doesn't say Jared Albrecht. It says Van Plexico. He's my publisher. He set up the Kickstarter. So big ups to Van for doing that legwork for me. I mean, I kind of literally just sent him like pictures and descriptions and he set everything up. So yeah, Hamilton versus Burrow werewolf tale. You'll see that it'll say creator is Van Plexico. He's my publisher. He's a great guy. He's helped me a lot. Dudes, that dude's won like, I don't know, half a dozen novel of the year awards from the pulp factory. Like he's a talented guy. Wow. So anyway, Hamilton versus Burr, uh, a werewolf tale. It's over on Kickstarter. Again, if you just search for Hamilton werewolf, that's, gonna get you there (laughs) so check that out as of this exact moment you know i know you edit whatever and this will come out when it comes out but at this exact moment we're on like day five of 30 i think we're 45 percent fulfilled it's going really well so if you're out there listening you think hey man i like werewolves in american history well then i've got a great thing (laughs) for you and i if you just check it out i appreciate it if you want to throw some coin in there uh then then god bless you and i appreciate it even more there you go and also, before we before we go, also, let them know where to find your podcast at. Could you do some podcast that people will enjoy? I will do exactly that. I can't get out of here without talking about my podcast and my podcast friends. Uh, basically, most of the stuff we do is at Longbox Crusade. You can search Longbox Crusade on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any podcatcher. We even put them out on YouTube. Uh, so Longbox Crusade will get you there to our entire library of. We do a lot of stuff around comic books. Uh, we have an action movies podcast. We have a uh, old timey movies podcast. We've, we've you name it, we're kind of talking about, but it's mostly yeah. comic nerd talk. That's Long Box Crusade, and then the other network I'm a part of is On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, and that's where we talk James Bond. There you go. So if you like James Bond, you like comics and stuff, you know where to go at. Yep, you can find all that if you just want to come find me. I'm at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. And if you want to check out those book page sketches we were talking about. Uh, just go to www.theyardsaleartist.com. Theyardsaleartist.com. That's my sales site. Come check it out. Buy some stuff. Heck yeah. There you go. Thank you for coming on, brother. Dude, thank you for having me. You, you, you provide this wonderful platform to me and so many other creators. Again, you lift people up, and that's why you have thank an you, amazing brother. show. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And as always, Delva Cox Spirits, we are out. Peace. Later.